Today's scripture comes from Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 13. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I have commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put me here with, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. This is the word of God. Thank you, Eden. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Mercy here in uh, Leonia. Um, you know, these joint services, especially actually the kickoff service at the, at the start of each year, these are some of my, my favorite services, not only because of the energy. I mean, the energy is always, uh, for those of you who have been to these services, is always uh, really, really great. Uh, not only because of the energy, energy, but primarily actually because of the people. Right? I mean, we have people, as, as Pastor John mentioned uh, while he was emceeing, from all the different sites and, and services. And to be able to worship together, right, as one body, to be able to fellowship with one another, I think, I think that's, personally, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and I always have a good time. And so I'm always, always excited uh, for the service at the beginning of the year. But one of the other reasons I get excited uh, about this service is because it's right at the beginning of the year. And so it's an opportunity for us to, to hope and to dream together about what the rest of the year is going to look like for us. I mean, we have the whole, we literally have the whole year ahead of us. And uh, each year I get so excited uh, because I'm so curious about what God is going to do during the year. You know, the Bible, um, you know, God promises that He is always going to be with us. You see this promise all over the Bible. You see in the Old Testament, you see in the New Testament, all over the Bible you see that promise. Every moment of our lives... Right? Despite how we feel, despite how, how, you know, our circumstances, God is with us. Right? And what that means is that every moment we're alive, right? every moment we're in this community, God is present and actively doing something. And we get the privilege of seeing that. Right? Have you ever thought about that? We get the privilege of being a part of God's movement here. So every year literally is another opportunity to see God working in our midst. It's an opportunity every single year. And I must say, every year that we, you know, I've been a part of New Mercy, God has, has surprised me every single year. I can never predict what's going to happen. And He's always, always had, had pleasant surprises. Uh, but that doesn't mean that every year has been easy. Right? Some of the years have been very difficult for me personally. I remember uh, actually pretty close to the beginning of the launch of New Mercy, uh, I had to take a medical leave of absence. Now, that year was definitely not an easy year for me personally. And also for the community, I know that we've had bumps in the road uh, along the way. But from my experience, and, you know, we see this all over the Bible as well, it's often as we wrestle through adversity, individually and as a community, that we have our most powerful and intimate encounters with God. Have you noticed that in life? Oftentimes it's during the valleys that you have your, your most intimate and powerful experiences with God. And, you know, I have too many instances to count 
uh, here at New Mercy, but they're there. And what I found is the more I've leaned in when things got hard rather than check out, because, you know, isn't that the tendency when things get hard? We're like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with this. I just want to get comfortable, right? But what I found, especially over the years I've been with New Mercy, the more I've leaned in during the times of adversity rather than checking out, the more I learned. It's during those times when I leaned in that I learned, that I learned powerful, and I would even say life-transforming things about God, about myself, uh, and about other people, stuff that I simply would not have learned had I not persevered with the community through the valleys. You know, oftentimes what happens is, you know, we go through hardship, and when we don't go through it, we actually cut ourselves off from the wisdom that we would learn with God if we journey through these things. And what I found in community is sometimes, you know, the temptation is, yeah, I can't take this, I'm just going to check out. Right? What you've done is you've actually cut yourself off from the blessings that God could give you as you persevered, as you walked with Him through that valley. And what I found is when you lean in during those times, God does indeed do that. So 2018 is another year to see God work, and I hope you guys, I hope you guys are, are just as excited as I am. Now, today, very briefly, I get the opportunity to share uh, with you what our theme is going to be for 2018. If you're new here to our church, uh, each year, what we do here at New Mercy is we develop a theme that we're going to focus on during the year. Last year, the theme was called to restoration, which you see, which is the second line there. Uh, that's actually the second part of our vision statement. Our vision used to, was, uh, for the longest time, it was uh, a church for the broken, right? That they were a church that embraces the broken, that is for everybody. Um, and implicitly in that vision is actually, you know, we don't want to be a church for the broken and stay broken, right? We, we're a church for the broken because we want to take broken people, welcome them, and also help them come out of their brokenness, restore them out of it, right? But what we realize, what we realize over the years is we need to make that explicit because some people, what they started doing is they're like, hey, we're a church for the broken. I can stay messed up. That's not what our church is about, okay? Our church is about being a church for the broken, and we are called collectively as a community toward restoration. And we developed this, uh, this new second tagline at the beginning of last year. And so we actually made that tagline the theme also uh, for 2017. And personally, I would, I would say that this was actually our most successful uh, theme to date. And before I move on, I just want to highlight some of the things that happened last year because that'll actually segue very nicely into what we're going to be doing this year. So at the beginning of last year, we introduced a, a, what, a very, what do we call this? It, we, we introduced a, a year-long intensive discipleship program called Path to Restoration, okay? And, you know, at the beginning of the year, some of you guys were here, we pushed it really hard uh, at the beginning of the year, and it actually rapidly became one of the cornerstones of our church. Uh, And that was actually intentional on our part, because at the end of the day, right, when you read the Bible, at the end of the day, discipleship really is the single most important job of the church. The final commission that Jesus gives to his, his disciples is what? What does he say? He says, Go and make disciples. Those were Jesus' final words to the disciples. That's the job of the church. That's how restoration happens in people's lives through the church. Okay, not just by coming to services and things like that. It's actually through discipleship that restoration happens in people's lives. That's how Jesus set it up. And so we decided finally as a church, as a leadership, hey, we got we to gotta take that seriously. And so we launched what's called the Path to Restoration. And we have our first slide for this. So I don't know if you guys remember this slide, right? At the beginning of the year, this is kind of descriptive of what the Path to Restoration looks like. We have a curriculum that goes through these three uh, main categories and we go uh, throughout the year. 
the way the program works uh, is through what we call cohorts. And I have a few pictures of some of the cohorts that, that we had. You can just cycle through them as I talk. In each cohort, there's a discipler and then four other, uh, a maximum of four other disciples. We want to make sure we kept these groups small. And uh, what they do is they meet multiple times a month, uh, weekly if possible, uh, and they dig into each other's lives. Very, you know, they get very close to one another, and they go through the program that we developed through the entire year. And let me tell you something. It, it has been amazing. Okay, just the depth of engagement. Right? And, and the vulnerability and, and the intimacy that, that we've experienced is just something I've never seen, actually, at New Mercy. I mean, people are sharing stuff that they've never shared before, right? And both men and women are literally shedding tears in their groups. I hear stories about, you know, some of these men and women breaking down in their groups as they process their lives together in that group, okay? And so many of the people participating in this program are, are making progress that they've never experienced before in their lives. And so it's been a powerful journey for both the disciples and actually the disciplers. Now, you know, of course, you only get what you put in, you only get out what you put in, but for most people, it has been a tremendously formative uh, experience. We're obviously going to be continuing this through uh, 2018 and for the rest of the years of New Mercy, and thankfully, we'll have many more groups uh, this upcoming year. Uh, We actually couldn't have too many groups the first year because only the pastors were trained to lead these groups, so we only had five. We had three men's groups and two women's groups, Um, but through the program this past year, we actually trained uh, new leaders, a bunch of new people, and so we'll have actually many, many more groups in 2018, and I hope you guys actually take advantage of that and and sign up for that uh, when in the fall, which is that when our new program is going to start. So, so really, we, we're going to push that. We encourage you. That's really where the rubber meets the road in terms of finding restoration in, in your lives. And that's one of the big things that happened in 2017. Cohorts were a huge part. But we also had a, a church-wide retreat where we invited Dr. Rob Reamer. He's a professor at Alliance Theological Seminary who specializes in soul care. Now we have a picture of this. You can put this up there. Next slide. Okay, so he's there uh, talking, uh, and that was actually an outstanding uh, retreat. Uh, people were really challenged to work on their restoration through, through soul care. Uh, we also had powerful video testimonies. I think we have a picture of that. Not the next slide, not the one after that. Okay, that's uh, Kimberly. You guys probably remember the testimony that she gave. We had three of our brothers and sisters give uh, these testimonies. And what was so cool about uh, the way we designed these testimonies was we wanted uh, wanted them to talk about how their journeys are not complete. Oftentimes you hear Christian testimonies, right? And it's like they have, you know, this, you know, crappy life and they have this turning moment and everything is like wonderful, right? That's not actually how life happens for the Christian disciple. And uh, these brothers and sisters that share, they, they show that their, their uh, restoration was still ongoing and that it, it's not an easy process and that there still is a bro- brokenness in their lives and God is kind of uprooting uh, out of them. So, so those are very, very uh, uh, powerful testimonies, uh, you know, giving us another look and another angle at which to look at restoration. We also had moms groups and, and family groups where people did life together and journeyed uh, through the year or through restoration uh, during the year, and we actually had some powerful testimonies from there. Uh, and the pastors also, during the year, they spoke through um, a, a sermon series that were geared toward restoration. You guys might uh, remember some of those. Uh, you can see them on our, our podcast. And uh, through our prayer ministry, uh, through healing, through community and fellowship, even in hardship, we, we saw God working his restoration. And then finally, just to cap off the year, and we actually did this throughout the year, uh, we did active work outside 
of the church to bring restoration through missions, right, and through our justice and mercy uh, uh, ministry as well. So, so a lot happened last year, but as we were planning for this year, uh, we realized that one year simply is not enough time. Uh, to explore this theme. And you know, one of the things we always experience in the past years is we ha- have a theme for the year, and by the end of the year, we're like, we just got started, right? So we realize, uh, especially with this particular theme, uh, we've just barely scratched the surface. So this year in 2018, we're actually going to continue the theme called to restoration, but we're going to continue it with a very specific focus. You know, if you look at today's passage, you're probably like, this is not the most inspiring passage to start with in 2018, right? But if you look at the passage, uh, there's a truth there that actually is very important for us, and that's important for this theme. What is the main fallout from Adam and Eve's sin, right? They, 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 they committed the first sin of humankind. Well, what was the fallout? The fallout was disintegrated relationship. And that was the first thing that suffers because of their sin. Yes, you know, if you look you know, around the world, there's many consequences to sin, but the first and primary thing that gets affected by sin is our relationships. You know, when God in the passage, he says, where are you, right, to Adam and Eve, it's not that he doesn't know where they are physically. You guys are probably like, what is that? That's kind of weird. He doesn't know where they're physically. No, he knows where they are physically. What he say, when he's asking, where are you, he's asking that because there has been a break in their relationship Through sin, they are estranged from God where there was once intimacy. That's why God says, where are you? Where is this connection? What happened? He's saying that, right? And you also see Adam and Eve, okay? Not only were they estranged from God, but they were estranged from each other. You know, they hide from each other. That's what the fig leaves represent. They cover their shame, and they shift blame. I mean, Adam and Eve, they're a microcosm right, of the disintegration that we see in our relationships. You know, when you look at the history of humankind and the history of your life, what you see is that more than anything else, sin wreaks havoc in our relationships, okay? And we explored this a bit last year, but this year at New Mercy, we're, we're going to drill deep, deeper into our relationships with our family, with our friends, spouses, our church, and, and its members, strangers, enemies, and God, and so on. Okay, we're going to drill much more deeply into these relationships to learn what's broken about them okay, and to bring restoration to these areas through the gospel. Okay, that's what we're going to be uh, focusing on in, uh, in, in, in 2018. Okay, we're going to explore those things. Um, and, you know, Jesus is probably, we just celebrated Christmas, right? Uh, Jesus' primary goal in coming to this planet what was it? What was his primary goal? To be like, hey, I'm God, you know, I'm, I'm the man. Is that why? No. His primary goal was to restore our relationship with God and our relationships with one another, okay? This is actually why when you read the Bible, Jesus' ministry is often called the ministry of reconciliation because he came to reconcile our, relationships with, our relationship with him but also with one another, very much so at the crux, at the center of what Jesus is all about is about the restoration of relationships, not about raising your hands and things like that, though that's part of it, not about just coming to church and doing service and and then being like, hey, you know, I haven't sinned. No, at the end of the day, it's really about relationships. And if you don't see restoration happening in your relationships, you really do not understand what the gospel is about, why Jesus came. And so that's, that's what we're doing. Our theme for 2018 is called to restoration, 
our relationships. Okay, that's the thing. Very simple. And we actually have some slides. If we can start throwing them up there. So we have a bunch of wallpapers, uh, you know, high-resolution wallpapers. You, go, you can go to our website and, and uh, download them. Oh, let's go back to the previous one. The Star Wars, right? Yeah, you guys like that? Yeah. Um, it's my favorite one. Uh, but, yeah, you can download these, put them on your computer screen. We also have uh, phone versions, so you can put it on your phone as a wallpaper. But, uh, that's, you know, this is just to get the word out there that that's what our, our theme is and to remind us of, you know, center us on, on, on the theme during the year. So our theme is Call to Restoration, Our Relationships. Okay, very simple, very easy to remember. And uh, we, we are going to go deep this year. Okay, and I hope you come along. Right? In fact, don't just come along. Uh, I hope that you would join us and that you would dig into this theme this year with us. Okay, you're only going to see a difference in your life if you engage. And I know, again, the tendency is, hey, I just want to go to church, just kind of listen to a sermon and leave. I'm telling you, that's not the formula for any type of change in your life. There needs to be engagement. And so this year, we hope and we pray that you would come along with us and engage because I'm telling you, you know, a lot of the times you, you feel depression and, and anxiety and a lot of the loneliness and, and, the, and the, the insecurity that you feel, it's because there's brokenness in relationships. And don't you want to experience healing in those areas? Okay, so that's what we're going to be, be doing uh, in, um, during this year. And we actually, believe it or not, this is the first year we have all the major sermon series already mapped out for 2018. And uh, I look at the, the, the list of the sermon series that we have, and I'm very excited because I think they're going to be amazing. And well, hopefully, I don't know, we'll see. But uh, at least the topics look amazing. Uh, but I also recognize just by looking at the topics that it's going to be very hard. Right? It's going to be very, very hard. And that's why uh, we're going to be praying together as a community. And what the pastors did was they formulated uh, or they, came, they you know, came together in a meeting and they thought, hey, what are two things that we can really pray for as a church that will help us get toward this theme more during this year? That, that would help. Uh, what are things that we can pray to God for him to empower us and enable us to realize these things in our lives? And so we have two prayer uh, topics for the year. And uh, we'll, we'll post them on our website. But if you can throw them up there, last slide. Okay, the first one is rediscovering joy with God. We're going to ask God to help us to rediscover our joy in our relationship with Him. And that's important. We were very deliberate in phrasing it that way. is because oftentimes you get, you get, you get a kind of cornered into like thinking about sin and being a good person and things like that. At the end of the day, actually, when you read the Bible, the reason why God comes into our lives and restores our relationships is not because He just wants to make us a good person, but because He wants us to have joy. Okay, and so in this, you know, our relationship this year with God, we were asking Him, help us to recognize and to realize that there is joy there. At the end of the day, joy is the reason why He wants us to have more reconciliation with Him. Okay? And then the second prayer topic uh, deals more with our horizontal relationship. We want to ask God to make us into a community that fights uh, for one another. Again, church, the temptation is always like, hey, you know, I'll pray for you, right? But that doesn't feel like you're really fighting for them, right? You know, when you think about uh, a, a father or a mother fighting for their family, right? You, that, that word fighting gives you a sense of, yes, they are actively engaging. They are actively, with all of their heart and with all of their mind, they want the best for their family. That's the ethos that we want here at New Mercy, and we want to ask God to give that to us. 
Okay, so we, it's very important that we do uh, pray for these things together during this year. So praying for joy, rediscovering joy with God uh, for a community in our vertical relationship and a community that fights for each other, that journeys, that walks with one another, that advocates for one another during the year, if we can pray for those things. And so as we go into communion, uh, I'm, I'm done now. Praise the Lord, right? Um, as we go into communion, I'm, I'm going to ask Pastor John to actually lead us into these prayer topics uh, as we break the bread and things like that. Pastor John, I, I, can, I think he's somewhere. Okay, yeah, he's coming. Uh, we cannot accomplish this ourselves. Okay, and so I want us to start this year off in prayer. Okay, really, let's start the year off right. Let's start the year off with our, our knees bowed down before God saying, God, we cannot do this on our own as a community. Okay, so let, let's, let's start off that way uh, because we need His Holy Spirit to move, and let's ask Him to do that. And I'm going to ask Pastor John to lead us into prayer after uh, we, start getting, uh, we start doing the communion together. It's always a pleasure and an honor to partake in communion with you all. And here at New Mercy, we do it a few times throughout the year. And as I was um, outside in the hallway for a second, I ran into some of you mothers. Um, I don't know if you're in here. They were walking around with their little ones, and I asked them, what are you doing? And um, they said, we went to this high school. So they're walking around kind of reminiscing and kind of taking the time machine back. And I know, in fact, Pastor Wan J. Hudson when graduated this high school. Probably when they built it, he was <laughs> probably the first class here. Um, but, you know, if you take the time machine back and you go back to church history, um, there's a time when Jesus Christ gathered his disciples and said, sit. We're going to have a meal together. We're going to share. And if you go back in time, Jesus is sitting there. I just imagine him looking at his 12 and saying, you've been through a lot with me. It's only been a few years, but you've been through a lot with me. And today I want to share something special with you, which we call communion now. But that day he sat around the disciples and he said, today I'm going to really show you what it means to become a family in Christ. And how you're going to pass it on to generation after generation. What it means to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Therefore, a family. One family. This is a central message of the Bible. And that once we become a follower of Jesus Christ, we've actually entered into this family. And the Bible constantly uses the language of family when describing the church. In Christ, we are all, in fact, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, way beyond what we can imagine uh, than how we consider even family in a biological way. One of the ways that Jesus reminds us that we are one family, as he did back in the day with the disciples, is through communion. In Gospels, when Jesus was at the table with his disciples, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. He filled their cups with wine and gave them to the disciples. They ate and drank, and their eyes were finally open and yet still confused of what is going on. But I believe that they saw Christ's heart sharing of this meal together, 
representing the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the Lord's table, and our Savior invites those who trust Him to share the feast which has been prepared. So today we eat of the same bread and wine, and we are saying that we are one family, bound together not by our own powers, not by our own will, but through Jesus Christ and what He did throughout His life and through the Christ cross and the sacrifice that He made for us so that we can call each other brothers and sisters. Now, for some of us, we don't feel like we belong to this family or your church family or here at New Mercy. And perhaps you've been hurt by this community. Perhaps you felt left out of this community at times. And perhaps you don't know this family that well. Because the reality is family is not perfect. As our church vision statement says, we're all broken. And this is exactly why we have communion. Because we're broken. That even in our midst of our brokenness, God calls us to love and care for those who are part of this family. Commitment. To remind us that Jesus sacrificed His life for us so that we commit to each other because He did that for us. So when we eat together the body and blood of Jesus Christ, it unites us so we partake in this meal. So I want to invite all of us to bow our heads and pray with me. Let us pray together then our Lord's Prayer. We'll recite the Lord's Prayer together And I'll enter into a time of prayer as we uh, prepare to share the elements. As Christ our Savior taught us, we are bold to pray. He taught us to pray this way. Pray with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as as is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Let us pray. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these, your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. By your Spirit, unite us with the living Christ and with all who are baptized in His name that we may be one in ministry in every place. God, today you have called us together to be the church. Unite us now at your table and in one loaf and one common cup. Make us one in Jesus Christ. Let your Spirit Empower the life we share. Ignite our witness in the world. We pray all this in the name of the Father. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, on the night of his arrest, he took the bread and after giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat, This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for your sins. Whenever you drink it, remember me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death and the risen Jesus Christ our Savior. So if you're a believer, I invite you to partake in this meal with us. I want to invite all the ordained elders of our church and pastors up at this time.